Hey y'all, welcome back to the Bruise Not Broken podcast. It's your girl Desi on the ones and twos. And today's verse is Proverbs 4 verse 25. Again, today's um, scripture will be Proverbs chapter 4 verse 25. And it reads, let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. I'm going to say it again. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. So when I'm looking at this scripture, what I'm picturing is me walking, but I keep looking back. How can I move forward if I continuously look back? God is telling me to look straight ahead because what's behind me can't help me with what's in front of me, if that makes sense. You know, a lot of the times we try to um, build our future, but you can't really build your future if you're stuck in the past. Some We need to fix our gaze directly before us. I don't know who this is for, but God is telling you, stop worrying about what others are doing. Focus on what's in front of you. Stop worrying about what other people got going on and focus on what God gave to you. Again, the scripture was Proverbs 4.25 and it read, let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. So just run with that for the rest of this episode. Keep that in your heart, guys, and just um meditate on that throughout the day. And, you know, just find what that means to you and how that relates back to your life and your current circumstances. So today's episode is titled, God will not bless what he didn't test. And before we really get into this episode, I really want to pick apart the title really quick. So the word bless came from this old Germanic tongue. So the regular definition is to confer or or invoke divine favor upon. Um, in other words, is to ask God to look favorably on something or someone. Um, is derived from the word blotham, which then transferred into the word blottison, um, and then came down to what we call today bless. So the first, um, the first one was blotham, and blotham means blood. Again, that was um, an old Germanic word. And this is where the word blessed came from. So it started off as blood and it transferred into blottison, which means hollow with blood. Hallow, H-A-L-L-O-W. Not hollow, but hallow with blood, which also goes into mark with blood. Now we get to the word bless and that's where we get to consecrate by religious rite, make holy, give thanks, or to confer or invoke divine favor. So the word has many different variations and it also has many different, you know, definitions. But I wanted you guys to really get that because when I go through this episode, I'm going to tie it back to what bless really means and why God doesn't bless before he tests. So you're probably like, but God blesses us abundantly. Yeah, that's true. God does bless us abundantly. But that doesn't mean that he doesn't test you before the receiving of such a blessing. God doesn't just give you anything you want just you know when you want it (laughs) you know what I'm saying if that was the case I would have had a million dollars by now a big old house big mansion just living life you know what I'm saying I wouldn't even be in America right now okay but I am but no God doesn't just go all willy-nilly with his blessings no he makes sure that you are going to be able to take care of such a great blessing that he's about to give you 
Sometimes the tests are so subtle that we pass it off as merely a coincidence or say something like, oh, God, that was easy. But if it was that easy, did you really pass the test? Like, sometimes we really got to ask ourselves, maybe God was testing us on temptation. And instead of giving a firm no, we gave in with a no hesitation yes. Who am I talking to? So if you're feeling like God isn't giving you the very things you're praying for, look to see if there's been any moments where you've been under um, a crazy amount of pressure. And instead of um, focusing on what's been happening to you, focus on how you responded to that pressure. You know, maybe instead of testing the surface, God was really testing what's underneath, the things that people cannot see. And I want to backtrack a little bit because I know I said that, you know, maybe God was testing you on temptation. When I say testing on temptation, I don't want you to get it confused as though God was tempting you because God cannot tempt you. I'm going to get into that a little bit later. But when God tests us, um, you know, on temptation, he puts us um, in a situation and the test is whether we're going to cop to our old habits or will we rely on God. You know what I'm saying? But God will never, ever tempt you. He will never tempt you. He will never um, entice you into doing something wrong. How how can he entice you to do something that is not of him? You know? So, yeah. So just to to clarify that, I don't want to get anybody confused on that. Um, But let's get into the word test. So we broke down the word bless. Let's break down the word test. So the word test is derived from old French tongue. Basically, it is defined as a small vessel used in evaluating precious metals. In other words, um, they would assay metals. And assay is just another word for evaluate or examine. Now, the modern definition of test is a trial or examination to determine the correctness of something. But in this case, it is the correctness of the manner in which God is about to bless you in. Mm. I'm about to get somewhere. So looking at the Latin word testum, we get the definition earthen pot, which is basically a clay container. Okay? So I want to I wanna talk about this pot really quick. It may not seem important, but it really is. So the, the container, the earthen pot, is made up of two types of mud clay. One from the surface of the earth, and then two um, from digging more than 10 feet deep into the earth. So basically this pot is used... As a water cooler during the summer, it's mainly used um, in India. You probably won't see this used um, as much in America, but yeah, it's really used in India. But it acts as a water cooler. um, So while the outside is hot, the inside acts as a cooler as the heat seeps out of the pores of the pot. So I I like this. um, I like this word earthen pot because... I see, I picture us in the story. I picture myself in the story. When God examines me, I see him as the pot. Because when he tests me, I feel as though he is removing the elements that disrupts the taste of the substance inside. Oh, I'm about to get somewhere, y'all. So, to test means to assay metals. Okay? Which is the process of assaying. Which basically just means melting down the metals to evaluate its quality. So where I'm getting at is that God is evaluating the quality of our hearts before leaving us with the blessing. And I see nothing wrong with that. You are your own brand and you have a certain image to uphold, especially when you're out in public. 
if you have employees, you'd probably hold them to that same image. You'd want them to uphold that that brand as well, wouldn't you? So you got to understand that God wants the same thing, okay? God is not just about to give anybody a blessing that has his name on it. God is not just about to give this to you and have you fumble the ball. Like, no, God is going to make sure that you are capable of um, doing this very task that he has given you. So in the previous episode, I've talked about um, being Christ's ambassadors and being ambassadors, we have the responsibility of officially representing Jesus, meaning we are promoters of the gospel. Did y'all get that? That with us being Christ's ambassadors, we are basically promoters of the gospel? Yeah, that's what we are. Like, do y'all know how dedicated club promoters are? I mean, you ain't missing out on anything, but let me tell you something. They really do be dedicated. Like, every Instagram post or Facebook ad is geared towards the venue that they're promoting. And if they aren't bringing any crowd in, then they won't be getting paid. But here's where the two differ. As ambassadors of Jesus, what we do should be from a place of reverence, not because of what Jesus can do for us. Also, our performance isn't based on how many people we bring to church. Okay, we're not club promoters, okay? Our, our, our God is not, you know, tallying up how many people we bring to church. No, we can bring about 30 people to church, but only two out of the 30 actually got saved. And only one out of the two is feeding the spirit, the word consistently. No, that's see, that's not our job. Our job is to bring people to Jesus, not by religion, but by being a good representation of our savior. Okay, so instead of magnifying the music, we need to put a magnifying glass on God's message. Oh, mm -mm -mm. it's getting good. So why does God test us? I mean, I have a few different points here, but my first point is um, God tests us to refine us. Point number one. I want us to look at Zechariah chapter 13, verse 9. And I'm reading from the English um, Standard Version. And it reads, And I will put this third into the fire, and refine them as one refined silver, and test them as gold is tested. They will call upon my name, and I will answer them. I will say, They are my people, and they will say, The Lord is my God. Mm. So when metal is being refined, the fire is ridding the metal of all impurities, things that aren't wanted. Something happens when God tests us. He lights the fire. He allows the affliction to take place. Like, (laughs) I I really want to get it out here and I want to make sure that I'm saying it right. The only reason that it is happening is because God allowed it so. Like, look back at the scripture. God is saying, I'm going to put this third in the fire. God is going to put this third in the fire. God is putting it in the test. God is putting it to the test. Meaning it is so because God said so. Meaning it could only be done because God allowed it to be done. Meaning that it won't happen without God's authority. Mm, Because God is in control. I I really want y'all to get this. Okay, I want us to picture this moment. In your time of tribulation, when everything is running hot, God says, call out to me and I got you. Yes, God, God is even when we aren't at our best. But look at this. Picture yourself minding your business. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, your tire's flat. Then you go to the mechanic. Now your motor starts acting up. Then once you get home, you get a call saying your mom is ill. Like, if it's not one thing, it is another. This is crazy. Like, woo. Like, <laughs> this is just too much pain. Like, this is crazy. 
Like the day started off okay, but over time things kept going downhill. But listen, God says, I will meet you where you cry. Mm. Not only does he say that, but he says, when you call on his name, he will come to your aid. Demons are at work, but once God steps through, everything ceases. It's like being bullied. God is like the big brother who fights your battles. Those battles represent the flames. And as you are being shaped, you may not like the position it puts you in, but know that it's temporary, but the growth lasts a lifetime. I want us to like, I want us to go back and um, look at Job. Okay. Remember when um, Satan was roaming the earth board and then God allowed him to test his, um, his good servant, Job. Listen, the devil was only allowed to test him, but so much. It's because his power is limited, okay? God holds all the cards. God has the final say. There is no demon that can work beyond God's power. <laughs> this is just impossible. It's not going to happen. No. The reason that you're being tested right now is because God is bringing something out of you. But you can't see it just yet. But let me not get too ahead of myself. So when metal is being stretched, it becomes art right in front of us, turn it into something that no one knew they needed, right? So I feel this for somebody because God is putting you through a fire right now, molding you to be the teacher your brother never knew he needed or the counselor your friend desperately needed to spill to. When you feel like the fire is getting too hot, remember that heat expands metals. So the more heat, the more volume. And when God gives us more volume, mm. He creates a space in our lives in which he occupies. So to be refined is to be stretched and purified. Some tests are formed in daily annoyances and some other tests are more extreme tra tragedies. But whether it's big or small, we have to know this, that God allowed it to happen. Yes. Remember when Joseph um, was tested by his brothers? Yeah, I'd probably like, well, that's, you know, that's harsh. Why would God let such horrible things happen to such beautiful people? Well, maybe because in order for him to put the third in the fire, the other two thirds had to perish. Mm, Y'all not trying to hear me, though. Listen, some bad things had to happen so that good thing can come about. So in order for us to expand into the kingdom, we first must undergo the fire. Fire has no mercy. It devours anything that gets too close to it. But sometimes we need the match to be lit to push us into go. Look at Joseph's transformation. He went into the fire as a 17-year-old boy who spoke of the blessing before it could yield its fruit. But 20-some years later came out a man who was allowing God to use every inch of him. And in return, God blessed him greater than his vision showed. Mm. Who is that for? God has did that in your life. It may have not been in that same manner, but he has given you greater than the vision has showed. So... With testing comes affliction, okay? Affliction is a tool used by the Lord to develop perseverance. And when perseverance is developed, it helps us mature in our walk with God. The Lord is sovereign. He reigns supreme. All tests do come to an end and no adversary can test us beyond what God predestined. So yes, you may be in the hot seat, but understand that God holds the remote. Call on him and he will bring you through. So here comes the question again. Why does God test us before he blesses us? Well, maybe because he is testing our reliability and wants us to fully be able to discern between desires that entice us, tempt us, and then desires that is aligned with his word. Let's look at James chapter 1 verse 12. 
It says, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Crown of life. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life. So, what is a crown? Crown is defined as an ornament for the head as a symbol of sovereignty. Sovereignty is um, supreme. That's what that means. It means supreme. It means ruler. And so, when I think about crown of life, I think about keys to success. I don't know why, but I just think about keys to, keys to success. So, God says, To those who love me and pass the test and remain faithful through tribulation will receive authority over the very obstacle they undergone. Mm. Now keep in mind that there are five crowns mentioned in the Bible. They are the everlasting crown, the crown you receive um, for your work, the crown of righteousness, the crown of glory, and the crown of life. But today I just want to focus on the crown of life, which you see in James um, chapter 1, verse 12. So I want you to understand that when James speak about the crown of life, he is saying that it is given to those who endure temptation and persevere in faith through persecution. The crown of life is not eternal life. Okay, don't confuse the two. One is given as an incentive while eternal life is given freely to anyone who believes in Jesus Christ. So crown of life is a reward while eternal life is a gift that is given. Okay, it is a sacrifice that is so greatly appreciated. <laughs> um, the crown of life is an encouragement to remain steadfast under trial. So to know that Jesus actually takes time to recognize his good and faithful servants just warms my heart because who am I? Like, who am I to be honored by son of man, son of God? I am only but a servant. And he wants to take the time to recognize me for my good works by giving me the crown of life. What? What? Like, it's, 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 it's a blessing when people do something they don't have to do but do it anyway. It's just so nice. And Jesus dying on the cross and bearing our sins and burdens was more than enough. And now you're telling me that he wants to honor us um, if we remain faithful through tribulation? That's just a gift right there. That's just joy in itself. So let's circle back to the question. Why does God test me? Because tests prove the genuineness of your faith. Okay, that's in the Bible. Let's look at First Peter um, chapter one verse seven. It says, um, "I'm reading the New International Version." It says, "These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, mm. trials will come. Trials will come to show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold." So God is basically um, waterproofing your faith, okay? God is trying to make sure that you are what you say you are. He wants to make sure that your money is where your mouth is, that you're not just out here walking in false faith. So for my hard-headed people, my, <laughs> my hard listeners, this episode is really for you, okay? God keeps testing you in that area because he is trying to get you to get something through your thick skull. 
Okay, I'm saying that again. God keeps testing you in that area because he is trying to get you to get something through your thick skull. It's something that you're not comprehending right now because you don't want to see it. God says, listen, I'm going to continue to test you in this area. And before you can get to that next level, you first must pass this test. You can't get to the next if you still stuck in the now. Okay, get out of now by getting through your current tribulation by sticking with the Lord. I also want to add that, um... I want to add the distinction between testing and tempting because we often confuse the two, but we are to know that God only tests. He doesn't tempt. Okay. He doesn't and cannot tempt anyone. Look at James one verse 13. It says when tempted, no one should say God is tempting me for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. Now, the New Living Translation takes it a little bit further by saying God is never tempted to do wrong and never tempts anyone else. So when you face temptation, understand that, in fact, it is not God, it's the devil. Okay, Satan feeds off of your sins. So, of course, he tempts you into doing something wrong. Why would God tempt, like I said before, why would God tempt you to do something that is not of his nature? Come on, y'all. Let's, let's be real. So as I wrap up today's episode, write this down, that testing produces power and resistance while tempting unravels the progress you work so hard for. So why does God bless before he tests? Because he needs to make sure that you are going to be able to withstand the tribulation, that you're going to be able to uphold that blessing when the storm comes, that you're not going to fumble the ball when trials come towards you, that you're not going to fumble the ball when things don't go your way, that you're not going to fumble on the word of what he had told you just because it's not what you expected. So yes, God will not bless before he tests. All right, guys, so that wraps up today's episode. Again, I appreciate you guys for tuning in with me. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hit the subscribe button if you haven't already. Drop a comment, rate, review. Hit over to my inspirational blog on Instagram at Her Devotion. And make sure you also visit my website so that you can get your own copy of the Steps of Faith Devotionals Journal. Again, I appreciate you guys for tuning in. I love you all. Have a blessed rest of your day. And I will talk to you guys in the next episode.